Welcome to the SAPTA podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Physical therapist Major Eric Walter didn't initially set out to be a military PT, but today that's exactly what he is, a physical therapist in the United States Air Force. In a conversation from his current station in South Korea, Eric talks about how he decided to become a physical therapist in the military, what his day-to-day is like, and why serving as a military PT is different than in the civilian world. Here's our conversation with Eric. All right, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Let's get started by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me uh, speak on the broadcast. Um, My name is Eric Walter. I'm a major in the U.S. Air Force and also a physical therapist, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, I've been married to my wife, Rachel, for 11 years. I have a 14-month-old son, Everett, and a baby girl on the way. Uh, graduated from PT school in 2014 from Arcadia University, so that's a school in, uh, uh, near Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania, and soon after that I started as a civilian PT for about a year and a half before joining the military. Um, I'm OCS, um, board certified, I'm also CSCS, certified strength and conditioning specialist. Awesome, well thanks for joining us and thank you for your service, I'll start there. Uh, so we originally met because you authored a blog post for APTA.org about serving as a military PT, and you and I worked together um, to make that uh, blog post come to life. And uh, for those of you listening, if you want to read Eric's blog post, uh, you can check it out on APTA's website. But Eric, let's uh, first start by having you tell us how you decided to become a physical therapist in the military. Uh, you know, growing up, I never you know, I never thought military at all. I don't have anyone in my family, um, except for my pap who was in the army. Um, But other than that, it was never something I had envisioned. Um, The only time I really thought about it was when I was about ready to graduate PT school. And this may hit a lot of PT students, but you finally realize that you got to pay back some money (laughs) from the PT school you just, uh, you just went through. And it's, it's a big amount. So um, at that point, I was, I was very passionate about trying to get out of debt as fast as possible. Um, so I looked for opportunities to, to be able to do that. And so I, I actually went to, you know, I called different recruiters from different branches. It wasn't just, I have to call the Air Force. Um, you know, I know, I knew the Navy, it probably wasn't gonna be a good idea um, with family, because that was really important to me. Um, but when I, when I talked to the Army, they were just like, you're married to the Army first, family comes second. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the next recruiter. <laughs> um, and then when I talked to the Air Force recruiter, they were, I mean, they answered all my questions. Um, they, they talked about how it's very family friendly. Um, and that, that kind of got me on board with it. And that, you know, that they pay back for, for school, which to me at that time was, uh, was very important. Um, and so, so I started the process and man, this process is a long process, four to six months, uh, lots of paperwork, uh, you sign it one way. Nope, it needs to be signed another way. Oh, you put a date one way. It's nope. It's, there's a lot of attention to detail. Um, but after that process, it's kind of a hurry up and wait and wait. And you may not get in the first time. And um, so it took about a year uh, to finally get the call that, yep, you got accepted. And as soon as that ha- happened, I, uh, you know, I did my uh, swearing in as an officer in the Air Force. And then I got sent to officer training school at Alabama. So this was in 2015. Wow. So that's quite the journey. 
Uh, and I'm just curious, the idea of becoming a military PT, did you just come up with that yourself or did someone kind of plant the seed uh, for that idea for you? So it was a little bit of a planted idea, but also it was actually talking to my uh, clinic director at this civilian clinic. And he was talking about, yep, I'm going to just gradually pay off debt and I'll, um, you know, I'm still going to, you know, buy a truck and I'm going to do all this stuff. And eventually, you know, just keep racking up debt and, you know, it'll, it'll get paid off somehow. And I was like, man, I don't want to have that mindset. And, um, and also thinking of as a physical therapist, what else is there to progress? Well, I could be a, you know, clinic director and then I'm going to have a lot more hours and maybe a little bit more pay. So I, I also wanted something more fulfilling, I guess. Um, so yeah, ever after that conversation, I was like, well, I, I think I got to start looking elsewhere. I mean, that's a great point. And you talk about in your blog post, the idea that upon graduation, you'll have a dawning amount of, of debt. Uh, you'll be grinding away in a clinic. And for you, the military just seemed like another option. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your day to day. Can you share some details for our listeners? Uh, I mean, one of the, uh, the good things is you wear the same thing every day. So you wear the uniform, so you don't have to put any thought into it. Um, so that's kind of fun. Um, you know, it's seven o'clock in the morning or what we call 0700 um, to anywhere from 1600 to 1700, which is four to 5 p.m. And it just depends on the clinic. Uh, but it's very different because patients come during work hours. So it's not like civilian PT where most of your you know, patients are coming between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Um, no, they come during their work time. So, um, so that's, that's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I get home at a, at a decent time every single day. So that's that family friendly part I was talking about. Um, whereas in civilian PT, I was getting home at 8 PM, you know, two, three nights a week, which was, which was tough. Um, the clinic, uh, I mean, it looks like any other outpatient orthopedic clinic, um, other than you see people walk around in uniform with, you know, they're wearing rank. Um, maybe from different branches, but um, inside the clinic, you're seeing outpatient orthopedic. So a lot of students have asked me, hey, are you seeing, you know, people that have, uh, you know, coming back from, um, you know, deployments and, you know, they lost a leg and you're teaching them how to walk. Uh, um, that's few and far between. So it's, it's going to be your regular general low back pain, your shoulder pain, the ones that, you know, they're sitting for too long with a bad posture. So uh, most of the patients are relatively similar. Now you're going to have a younger crowd, so that's kind of fun. Um, caseload, uh, I get a lot of questions about caseload. And, uh, you know, I see anywhere from six to 12 patients a day. Um, now these are all evaluations and re-evaluations. So very big difference between civilian PT. Um, but it's, it's kind of nice. You get to kind of see more diagnosis um, and really sharpen your skills, which, um, you know, I can go on a little bit later. Um, the one thing that's also different with the military is you have to deal with profiles. So um, for those who don't know in the military, whether you're in the Air Force, Army, um, you have a physical training uh, test that you have to do on a regular basis. So um, if you do pretty well, it's every year. If you don't do well, it's every six months. So that's one thing as a PT in the military that you have to deal with of, hey, you might have to put in a profile for someone or they might be coming to PT just for that profile. Um, so. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a flight commander, which is the same as a PT clinic director. So I just have some more admin work. Um, so that's, that's kind of normal. And then in the military, um, there's also a readiness factor. So
So every member, including yourself, um, you have to be ready to deploy at any time. So readiness is a very, very, very big factor. Um, so um, in terms of a normal day, I might have to do some um, military readiness trainings just to keep up to date. Um, and then also make sure the members that are coming in are, are um, ready to deploy, deploy at any time. And now for a quick break. In 2021, APTA will celebrate 100 years as a member association and launch our next century as the largest community for physical therapists, physical therapist assistants, and students. On this landmark occasion, we want to embrace our rich history and generate momentum towards our exciting future. We want you to engage, celebrate, and serve as we raise awareness about our great profession and enshrine a proud legacy for our future generations. To learn more, visit centennial.apta.org. Now let's return to the show. All right, and so um, can you talk a little bit more about the patient population though? Do you find these military men and women are highly motivated? And I'm guessing many of them are coming to you because of something that may have happened on the job or um, job specific like training or something. Yeah, um, so for the most part, um, people are motivated. It's their job. I mean, they have to be ready um, to deploy at any moment. And they know that. Um, so that motivation factor is there, which is really helpful um, in terms of physical therapy. But then you also have those people that aren't motivated. Um, and those are the, the ones that just want to profile and just want to get by. They don't want to do their PT test. Um, and so that's, that's difficult. And that was kind of an eye opener. I thought everyone was going to be fit. And that's, that's just not the case. Um, I mean, we have people that sit all day long, but we need those people. I mean, these are the cybersecurity guys that we cannot do, do without. Um, so I'm seeing them for posture, you know, back pain because they're, you know, they're sitting like this. Um, so uh, yeah, there's definitely a decent amount that are motivated, um, but you'll find those that, that aren't and you gotta, you know, kick them in the butt a little bit to, to get them going. Um, in terms of diagnosis, yeah, there are some times that you see patients kind of that are a little bit different, but mostly it's, it's because of the training exercise they've done. They're wearing gear. Uh, that's a big one that we see, especially for, uh, you know, security forces, which is kind of like the police, um, you know, wearing gear, doing different trainings, um, doing some like martial arts um, as part of their training. So those kind of things we see uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Such great points. I'm sure seeing all those different types of patients with varying conditions keeps things interesting uh, for you. All right, so let's move on a little bit. And referencing back to your blog post, uh, you outlined uh, for us a few reasons where you saw the benefit of serving as a military PT, uh, whether that's student loan assistance, clear career path, salary scale. Um, but you also, a few minutes ago, referenced PT practice and the scope that you have as a physical therapist. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the, the autonomy with being a military PT is, is awesome. And that's, that's one of my favorite things. You really can um, practice your craft. Um, and the military and the Air Force really pushes that. They want you to be the clinical expert. Um, and, they, and they see you as the MSK and neuromuscular ex experts. And when you come in um, as a PT, you would come in as a captain, which is kind of like right in the middle in terms of the officers. So you're coming in and people are already giving you respect, which is kind of fun. Um, but you're also your rank is is maybe the same or maybe even a little under some of the doctors 
some of the PAs, some of the nurse practitioners. So um, in that regard, it's a little bit easier to talk to them at you know, the same level. Um, but even, even if that's not the case, I've worked with you know, lieutenant colonels um, you know, who are the higher officers who still have a good mindset in terms of physical therapists where they say, hey, yeah, you got pain. I think it's musculoskeletal. Go to the PT. They're going to figure it out. And, and they kind of let you do, do your thing. So I, I really appreciate that a lot. Um, and I've worked civilian practice. And I know that, you know, I had a patient where we had, um, you know, a bunionectomy, so big toe uh, surgery. And, but we had to keep them three times a week for eight weeks. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do for this long. Um, in the military, you have the autonomy to pick how long you want to see a patient. If someone comes to me with general low back pain, and I think we can get them better in three visits, we might do one time a week for three visits, discharge the home exercise program. Um, so it's, at first it's a little daunting because you're like, all right, well, I, I don't know how many visits this person is going to need, but I mean, that's why it's called clinical practice. You, 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 no one's, no one's going to die from physical therapy, which is really nice. So it's really low key. Um, and if you, if you get it wrong, it's, it's not a big deal. You'll learn from it. So, um, so that, that's a really neat thing of you are in charge of their visit count, how many times you want them to come in. Um, so that's, that's a really neat part. Um, but also just your clinical skills. Um, so um, I think I mentioned in the article, you are able to order uh, imaging, which I, I think physical therapists should be able to. I mean, we're seeing these patients a lot more where the MS, you know, musculoskeletal expert, um, but I'm, I'm able to order an MRI, MRA, um, CT scan, x-ray, um, you know, anything I need. Now, obviously, there's, there's some training associated with it. So if you walk in with low back pain, I'm not just going to order an MRI off the bat. Um, um, you still use clinical reasoning, but um, that's, you can use that as a tool. You can also order labs. Um, so if you, have, if you think someone has ankylosing spondylitis, I mean, you can put some labs in to, to find out. Um, and you can put in referrals. Uh, so I, if I think they need an ortho referral, I just put it in and send them to ortho. Um, and it, it just really saves time. Um, it, and it, it's better for the patient. So that delay in care is just, just not there. Um, so, um, so that's been really fun. The other thing that's, that's really um, different in the military is I have access to um, a military member, um, their medical record, their entire medical record, no matter where they were at, um, they could be halfway across the world in the Air Force base. I know what they did. So I can do a quick scrub before they come in as an eval, and I know exactly what they did at their last base in terms of physical therapy. Um, I, can, I can look at their past medical history. So you really can get a good idea of diagnosis before they even walk into your, your office. Uh, so that's, that's a really neat part with the military. Um, the other thing that um, is positive being a PT in the military is um, you not only grow as a PT, but also as an officer. And I think I mentioned this in the article where it's you're dual hatted. Um, so the military really takes a lot of effort and pride in making sure you as a PT also grows as an officer, a leader in their force. Cause that's when you come in as a captain, you're already a leader. So, um, you know, all the enlisted are already under you. Now, uh, my mindset is you can learn from everyone. So you don't, you don't, you don't want to have that, um, you know, chip on your shoulder when you walk in, no way. Um, but um, that leadership component is, is super, super important. Um, so, but there are also other opportunities for um, process improvement. That's another big thing in uh, the military. As a PT, if you see something wrong, you just, you just change it. And they give you the tools to help you out with that. 
Um, so it's a, it's a great climate, not only for autonomy, uh, not only for process improvement, uh, but also for growth in multiple, um, multiple areas. Okay, so you just mentioned healthcare providers um, because you're working within the military system. Are you feeling like um, you're working with other providers all the time or in communication with a bigger healthcare team? Sure. Um, yeah. So even for example, um, so the military, we call them PCMs. That's pretty much the, the person, the, uh, the gatekeeper. They can be a doctor, they could be a PA, a nurse practitioner, but they're the ones that send the referrals. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the other week, um, you know, I briefed to them and just said, hey, here, here are good referrals, here are bad referrals. Um, and, you know, we're working together for the same mission. We're all on the same team. Um, so yeah, we, we collaborated together to see how we can help the patient um, so, yeah, so we, we definitely, um, it's so much easier to get in contact with people. Um, I know in civilian PT, you know, trying to call a doctor just to ask them about something, well, I'd leave another message with the secretary and another, and maybe in a couple of weeks they might answer me. Um, but yeah, that collaboration can, can really happen uh, in the military. They're, they're right down the hall, which is great. Well, that sounds really efficient. Okay, so kind of building off of the question about benefits as serving as a military PT, you've mentioned in your experience with the Air Force, um, they want you to keep excelling, which is awesome. So how do you feel like working as a physical therapist in the military has helped you evolve as a PT? Um, so yeah, so the military is big into just constantly growing, like I mentioned. Um, and then every, you know, every year you have to put together a, a, kind of like a resume um, and these resumes kind of build up and that's how you promote. So um, not only in leadership, um, not only do you have to develop that way, but you also have to develop clinically and they want to see kind of both, um, both realms. Um, so the other thing is just the amount of evaluations and reevaluations uh, that you see. And this is probably something I talk a lot with students about just so that they have the mindset going in, because this can be a make or break for some people. Um, because a lot of people want to, you know, they want to treat patients, which you can treat patients. You just got to be creative in, in doing it. But anyway, the, the evals and reevals, um, you know, I can see anywhere from two to three evaluations a day to upwards of five to six. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've been civilian PT, but I remember some days I don't even have one evaluation. Um, so that's, that's a big difference. And then all the other appointments are, are follow-ups. Um, so the thing that I really like about that is that really, you know, I see a lot of diagnoses. I see a lot of, um, you know, signs and symptoms. And um, so you really get to sharpen your clinical decision-making skills as well as your clinical exam. Um, and then what I do is I, you know, I put the plan together and my technicians who are um, the same as PTAs, they execute, they, they do that, uh, do the plan. So, um, so yeah, getting um, evals over and over and over, you, you develop patterns. Um, and so it's a, a lot quicker recall. Um, so, so I actually, I think it's a positive where sometimes people say it's a, it's a negative. Um, there are also other opportunities that the Air Force offers. So the Air Force actually has their own um, musculoskeletal residency to prepare you to take the OCS. Um, it's a year long um, and it goes through different modules. Um, and so that's, that's super helpful. Um, they also have opportunities for fellowships. And, you know, in the civilian sector, I mean, you have to pay for these. <laughs> They're expensive. Um, fellowships, you may get a stipend. <laughs> um, but how you feed your family off that, I don't know. 
um, so these are opportunities that the Air Force offers. You know, some of them are more competitive, but um, the residency, you just apply for it and say you're going for the OCS. Um, the Air Force also offers um, annual um, continuing education opportunities, whether it's in-house, um, where they try to bring um, clinicians together. And, and the great thing is they pay for, I mean, they pay for the travel, um, you know, the hotel, everything. Um, or they send you somewhere else, and, you know, if it's mission uh, appropriate. Um, so yeah, in terms of uh, growing your skills, evolving, um, there's lots of opportunities. But what I, I like to tell the students is, you have to be motivated to take those because you know I know PTs that even in the military where they just status quo you know do the same thing over and over so you got to be motivated to find them um, but there's there's plenty of opportunities to to kind of to kind of grow and the big thing about the Air Force right now is they're really pushing for PTs every PT to be OCS um, board certified and the great thing about the Air Force is if you pass you actually get a bonus for having an OCS or any board certification. Um, and they're gonna pay for 75% of your, um, your sitting fee. So, um, so there's a lot of perks, you know, they really push you, but there's also some, some benefits uh, as well. So it sounds like they expect a lot of you as PTs, which is uh, fantastic. Um, just curious, when you decided to join the military, it seems like um, they have a pretty high threshold and expectation of skill set. So do you have to undergo a pretty extensive evaluation and interview process? Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, within the application process, you know, I mentioned all the paperwork you have to do and it, it's a headache. Um, and recruiters know this. I've talked to uh, recruiters about this and they know it's a headache. Um, but uh, you actually get interviewed by um, an Air Force physical therapist. And that's, I mean, that holds a lot of weight. Um, and this is before your commitment. So, but, but here's the thing, if you go this far in the application process, you know, the four to six months and you get to the interview, you better be saying yes, because if not, you just spent so much time. So at this point, if, if you pretty much are committed. Um, so uh, that's kind of the only interview process that they have before coming in. Um, but I mean, they, they want to see that you have some ortho experience. That's, um, you know, a lot of students ask me that as well. It's, you know, how do I prepare? Um, but yeah, that ortho experience they want to see. Um, but other than that, that's, that's the main interview that they're looking at. And then once you get to your first base, you know, I've talked about a lot of leadership opportunities. At your first base, your first six months, they really want you just to be a PT in the military and learn that. So they're not going to throw all these you know, hats to wear and, and things like that. No, they, they want you six months and maybe even a year, just focus on being a good PT in the military. All right, Eric. So I want you to speak to those listening who may have an interest in becoming a military physical therapist. Uh, can you give them a little bit of advice, tips, or any insight? Um, make sure you are open to traveling. So some, to, uh, some students that reach out to me, they have a certain area in mind that they want to stay, whether it's family or hometown, and that's just not going to work. Um, as a PT, you move every two to four years. And when we talk about moving, it's the needs of the Air Force first, um, it's career progression second, and then it's your once third. Now the Air Force does whatever they can. They want to, they want to keep you happy, um, but you may not get the places that you want. And then you just got to make the best of it. You got to be flexible. Um, and go with it. So make sure you're open to traveling. Make sure you're, like I said before, make sure you're open to doing evals, re-evals. Um, this, 
this gets a lot of people. Um, and you just gotta be creative in treating patients, uh, whether it's making extra time to go out on the floor and treat patients or just putting specific slots in your uh, templates to see patients. Um, if you have a family, make sure you make a decision as a family because the family is very much affected. So one thing that my wife and I, we like to do is um, we like to put our dream sheet together um, where this dream sheet is the places, the top places you want to go to. And we like to, to, to decide on that um, so that she kind of gets a, um, a little bit of say in that. So um, make sure if, if you have a family, talk, talk it over with your kids, talk it over with your spouse. Um, just make sure everyone is on board because, you know, I've, I've said a lot of good things, but you know, it, it's, it's tiring. It's, it's tough. Um, everyone's got to be, got to be in it. So um, if you are in school, don't reach out to your local healthcare um, Air Force recruiter until six months before graduation. So um, if you reach out to them your first year, you're so excited, um, they're probably not going to get back to you. Not that they don't care, it's that you're not on their radar right now for the next board selection. So um, no earlier than six months uh, is, is really important. Um, and then um, if, if PT in the military um, or in the Air Force, um, and I can only speak from the Air Force, so that's just my experiences, but if that's something that you really want to do, make sure you persevere. Um, you may not get it the first time, and you may have no idea why. Um, every board that comes around, they have a certain number of PTs they want, and every year it changes. So it could be a very, very small amount, or it could be a large amount. So keep applying. Um, you know, you may not get in the first time or the second time, but if it's something you really want, and I, I tell you, it is worth it, um, persevere through it. Wow. So for those of you listening out there, Eric basically just laid it all out there for you. Um, so one more thing, Eric, any final thoughts for our listeners? So, um, like I said, I mean, there's, there's good and bad about every job and I've, I've said a lot of good things. Um, you know, there are some things that are, that are tough. So uh, like I said, be flexible, have a good attitude. Um, you may not get places you want, but you make the most of it. Um, you know, it's, it's a proud feeling to be able to be a physical therapist, but also to be uh, an officer in the Air Force. It's, it's like no other. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm open to answering any questions. If anyone wants to reach out to me, um, Amelia, if you want to send that, um, but my email, my personal email is uh, ewalt32 at gmail.com. Please reach out to me. Um, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Um, but other than that, Amelia, thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk with you about being a PT in the Air Force. Uh, I know I'm biased, but I think this is the greatest job on earth. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Uh, first, thank you for your service. Um, I'll also mention you're talking to me right now from South Korea. So thanks so much for, for staying up late to uh, join me on the podcast. And um, uh, thanks. Thanks, Amelia. To read Eric's APTA perspective, you can be a military PT. Visit APTA.org. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.